traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hey, who's liking that Biden boom? The Biden boom, they called it. A guy with a straight face on TV said, oh, the economy is doing so well. We're around here. We're going to call it the Biden boom. Uh, he said that about 10 minutes before we found out that prices climbed 7.5 percent in January, the fastest inflation since 1982. Uh, strangely, no, they're not. Uh, they're not beating the drums with this. I see COVID. I see. Let's see. Joe's talking about health care. No, I actually remember when Ronald Reagan, when this happened to him, when inflation was skyrocketing, uh, unemployment to boy, oh boy. Ronald Reagan, they were doing everything they could to make him a one-term president. Instead, the American people gave him a 49-state electoral landslide. It was a beautiful thing. But the fake news certainly tried, just like they're trying to protect Joe. But you know what? I got to admit, inflationary concerns, stuff about the economy, uh, you know, I I get it. I understand. But a lot of it, I don't know. I just... um, I, 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 my, my mind daydreams when they start talking about inflationary pressures. It does, all right? But then it was jolted back to uh, reality when I heard this. Another phrase, you'll hear it. It's from FDR. For years, I did not really understand what it means. I mean, I can understand it, but I didn't know it in my gut. Are you ready? It's one of FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's most famous lines. Go ahead. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I never really understood what that meant until mm, this morning, actually. Just like fear itself. People are afraid of getting canceled. People are afraid of getting fired. People are afraid of the mob. People are afraid to say the wrong thing, to post the wrong thing, to look at somebody the wrong way. Yeah, that fear, we should be afraid of that fear. Because when we have that fear, we start to modify our behavior. We keep our head low. We hope the mob doesn't notice us. We just go along. Hey, we don't want to cause any trouble here. Okay, you guys want to redesign society? Good. Just leave me alone. Okay, they'll leave you alone. What about your son or daughter who's young? What about future generations? What about the future of this country? You know what? We can't be afraid. Silly social media mobs. It's one of the benefits, quite frankly, of being something of a lunatic on Twitter. I know sometimes I push it too far. People say, well, how can you treat people like that? Well, look, uh, I kind of, I actually relish the feedback. I do. I relish the the criticism. You go to social media to have an argument. You can't be afraid of it. Look, that's one way I beat the fear. They say everything about me. Who cares now? It has no effect. Not everybody can do that. Corporate America can't do that. You say one thing about corporate America. They have a crisis. Uh, they get their crisis communications team on it. They sit in a, in a room with 80 executives and Zoom with people all over the world. How are we going to respond? How are we going to respond? 
Nine times out of ten, it's they just give in to the mob. They just roll over. They do what they think will get them out of the heat of the moment. Like write a big check to Black Lives Matter. Ten million dollars. Problem solved. Now we can go back to uh, selling our stuff that hurts people. Often hurts people of color. Right, Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola. McDonald's. All these companies. Hey, I have their products. But let's not pretend that they're doing anybody any good. And there they are being so virtuous about election voting laws and stuff like that. Anyway, look, we can't be afraid. All right. And yes, they they want to cancel people as an example. Like what does Drew Brees and some lady walking her dog in St. Louis have in common? They serve the same uh, purpose to make you scared of sticking up for yourself and saying anything that the woke left might disagree with. These are two cases that really stayed with me. It's a while ago, but they're still very, very applicable. It happens every day. Some apology is being issued by some celebrity for keeping it a little bit too real. But Drew Brees said he would not want to see anybody disrespect the flag of America. And they damn near kicked him off the team. He had to apologize. He had to go on an apology tour. His wife had to apologize for sticking up for America. And uh, what, the St. Louis Karen, one of them, I don't know if you ever saw this. It was a big story in the New York Times and everywhere else. A woman whose big, the biggest thing she did wrong was be pretty, have white skin and blonde hair. Comes back from walking her dog and some guy she never saw before wants to come in. Wants to come into the building. And she's like, uh, I don't know who you are. Can you tell me who you are? Where do you live? Story didn't check out. I mean, why do we have damn, why do we have doormen? And if we don't have doormen, we have locks. If you live in an apartment building, don't you need a key to get in the front door? Yeah, you do. Whether you live in uh, you know, 432 Park Avenue, one of those ridiculously tall Ronzoni boxes, buildings, spaghetti, whatever. You ever see those dumb things? I can't stand them. And then again, I just don't know what building is what. I used to come into the city off the Long Island Expressway. I'd see that beautiful skyline, and, oh, there it is, the Empire State, the World Trade Center, City Corps building. There's the Pan Am building. There it all. Now it's just a bunch of sticks. You can't even see the Empire. Anyway, whatever. Things change. That's fine. Progress. Um, what the hell was I talking about with the buildings? 432 Park Avenue. Uh, oh, yeah, you need <laughs> you need security, whether it's a fancy high-rise or the projects. Everybody needs a key to get in. And if you're a stranger hanging around a building and you get in, the neighbors have a right to say something. And this woman said something. So guess what? They broke out the big weapon, the nuclear weapon, the phone. And then they, then they went thermonuclear. They posted it to social media. This white woman followed me today, or this white woman said something cross to me. This white woman wanted to know where I live. How dare this white woman say anything to me? Know what I mean? You do that enough times. You take out enough normal people. You take out a few celebrities. You change the behavior of an entire culture. I believe for the worse. You're supposed to be wary of strangers. Sorry, but you are. You're supposed to stick up for the American flag, Drew Brees, and not apologize when they get mad. What do you think? 
Uh, let's see here. Now, remember, there's another Karen, so-called Karen. They even got me saying it. Some guy was writing graffiti on the sidewalk <laughs> in a neighborhood. She's like, uh, excuse me, but uh, what's going on here? Oh, boy. Big mistake. Lost her job. Her husband lost his job. Everything. Everything. Cancel culture. And then it wasn't just enough with people. We we're taking down the statues. You know about that. They're, they were First, they were pulled down by the mob. And now cities like New York City. They got rid of Jefferson. They got rid of Roosevelt. They're doing that. You know who's not doing any of this stuff? Our adversary, China. I looked it up today. You know, you can go to... Uh, you can go for a virtual walk around the world. There are websites where you can do this, and you take a live look at the, around the world. Well, Tiananmen Square in China, Beijing, which we used to call Peking for some reason. Um, guess guess whose portrait is big, proud, and, uh, well, it's Mao Zedong. Mao. Chairman Mao. Huge, huge, larger-than-life portrait of Chairman Mao. Now, he... Killed something like 20 million people. I mean, he was a bad guy. I, I see that they're not hung up reevaluating their own history. Um, I see their top military leaders are not advertising that they go to see the psychiatrist. Did you hear about this? An Air Force general, a four-star general, took to social media for a little attention and said, Hey, everybody, just took a time out to see the psychiatrist and he went to some mental health seminar and he's like, this is really good for me and I encourage you to get help. Um, I don't need to know that and neither do your airmen need to know that. Neither do your soldiers need to know that. Hmm? When you go to the doctor and you get whatever the hell might be wrong with you treated, do you go online and tell people about it? Well, some do, but they're, you know, normally you don't do that, especially in a military organization. Well, this guy's trying to fight the stigma of mental health. You know, mental health. There's a real stigma around it. No, there isn't. Anybody see The Sopranos? The whole damn story is about uh, Tony and the psychiatrist, right? Every episode that was based on that. Him and his therapy sessions. Again, an Air Force general. What's his name again? I got it here. Minahan. Minahan. No, this is this is this is what you do when you make our military... Uh, focus on things like diversity, equity, and inclusion. You make everybody feel good. You make everybody... It's like It looks like the damn Cub Scouts. It really does. I've been going through this guy's social media. He's getting his booster shot. He's showing up at the, um, at the Christmas fair. He's uh, riding his bike. Uh, whatever happened to getting ready for war, all right? Because it looks like one could be coming. And it also looks like we're going to lose it if we don't get our act together. You saw what happened to us in Afghanistan. That's what happens when you have a lot of silly generals running around, virtue signaling to their Democrat overlords. Millie is possibly the worst of the bunch. Um, so there's that. Meanwhile, cancel culture has worked to such a degree not only are we canceling people, we're canceling our history, we're canceling our soul as a country. Who remembers George W. Bush when he walked up to that uh, firefighter on that pile on 9-11 a couple of days later? 
Nobody could hear him, and they were actually jeering him at one point. We can't hear you. Speak up. Speak up. Well, I can hear you. And pretty soon, the people who tore down these walls will hear from all of us. (sighs) It was a great moment. Fast forward 20 years. George W. Bush says the greatest threat we face is from right-wing extremists, white supremacists. One other thing, did you guys hear about Mitch McConnell? Got that Mitch McConnell clip, the one where he's betraying all of us and his country? Go ahead and hit it, please. We're here. We, we, we saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election. I played that on my show as soon as it came out. He's lying or is just fundamentally mistaken. I don't know if you call it, I don't I can't usually catch Levin, but man oh man oh man, he unloaded on Mitch McConnell and talk about a guy who deserves it. They are not in it for us, they are in it for themselves, Republicans too. The great big exception is Trump. And they hate him. They hate him because he does not play by their rules. Looks like they hate him more than they love the country, unfortunately. All right, be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Hello. I wanted to read something off of the Department of Homeland Security's uh, website. You know, they just put out a uh, terror update, a bulletin. Uh, But I got to scroll through a few things to find it. I'm not kidding. I'm at DHS.gov. All right? DHS.gov, the very first thing on the homepage, all right? there are. I'm looking at, well, actually, okay, there are two things on the homepage, two. Securing the Super Bowl. DHS is partnering with local officials to secure Super Bowl, I don't understand the Roman numerals, whatever we're up to, 52, helping ensure the safety and security of employees, players, and fans. Okay, fair enough. Are you attending the Super Bowl? No. Um, recognize the signs right after that. Hmm? Celebrating Black History Month. The Department of Homeland Security is celebrating Black History Month. And I can click on it and I can read the presidential proclamation. Each February, National Black History Month serves as both a celebration and a powerful reminder that black history is American history. Black culture is America culture. And black stories are essential to the ongoing story of America. Hey, is this news to you? You, Biden administration? It's not to me. I know The only people who seem to look at black people as though they're exotic and foreign would be those writing a statement like this. Black History Month. On the front page of the website, DA. Okay, right after that. <laughs> I thought this was, seriously, this is like the onion. This is like the Babylon Bee addressing climate change. DHS is committed to adapting and responding to the climate emergency. Thank you so much. Operation Allies Welcome. Now, what the hell is this? DHS is leading federal efforts to resettle vulnerable Afghans. Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, great. Great, great. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. 
Uh, I want the ones who helped us to, uh, you know, uh, have an opportunity to come here. But you saw those plane loads full of people, right? It was the most chaotic thing I've ever seen. Coronavirus, that's on the thing. Oh, gosh. Meet your ID. Meet your ID. One that's ready to fly. Be your real ID self. Are you real ID ready? On May 3rd, U.S. travelers must be real ID compliant to board domestic flights and access certain federal facilities. Find out if you're real ID ready with our interactive tool or select your state and territory. Hmm, should we do this together? Real ID ready. U.S. travelers must be real ID compliant to board domestic flights as of May 3rd of 2023. That's a little over a year from now. Huh. They're going to make us get a special ID to get on a plane, but zero ID to vote. <laughs> yeah, things are uh, things are a little screwy right now, wouldn't you say? <laughs> it's just, it's almost 20. All right. Now let's get down to the nuts and bolts of Homeland Security. Summary of terrorism threat to the U.S. homeland. This is what I was looking for. After Black History Month, after uh, climate change, after uh, here I am. All right. The summary of terrorism, the threat to the U.S. homeland. And a lot of this is. Uh, all right. This is it. Ready? This is the lead. This is what it's all about. Here we go. Can't believe it. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narrative and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis and mal information introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. These actors seek to exacerbate social friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions to encourage unrest, which would potentially inspire acts of violence. Huh? That's code for if you have doubts about the election, shut up, and big tech is going to silence you. That is so unbelievable. Where is ISIS, huh? Where, why aren't they talking about them? And that's real. Not imagined. Be right back. Put me on. Hi. Yeah. So who the hell is this Dr. Dolan? And uh, what did she say when she called? Somebody called claiming that I scheduled an interview with her. What happened? Uh, I'm not sure. She said that she had an interview with you. And, did you and, talk to her or somebody else? Uh, the screener did. Well, let me talk to that guy. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'd like to know. All right. Can you talk? Hello? Let me get set up here. It's no big deal. So what happened? Who was this person? Dude. Yes? No? So Dr. Nolan called. She said some... She said what? Hello? Hello. Yeah, go for it. Dr. Nolan called and she said... Dr. Who? Nolan? Dr. Nolan. Nolan. N-O-L-A-N. Said she called and she said somebody on Bernie and Sid had told her to call us at 1 o'clock. <laughs> the only information I got. Somebody at Bernie... And, and anything else? What was she prepared to talk about? I believe she said her son was killed in the Burger King or McDonald's in Harlem. Oh, gee whiz. Did you get her phone number? Yeah, we got her information, and now what? Uh, her son was killed at the Burger King in Harlem? Well, that was a young girl who was killed in Burger King, I thought. It wasn't that incident. It was a different one. Oh, there are a lot of them. They're adding yeah. up. Was she nice? She was very nice. All right, call her back, and uh, uh, let's get her for tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, I just uh, you guys didn't tell me that other part of the information. You're like, Dr. Nolan called. She said you called her. 
Yeah, we weren't. I wasn't too sure what was going on. She said somebody on Bernie and Sid told her to call at one o'clock. That was the what does that mean? Somebody on Bernie and Sid. That's as far as I know right Didn't now. Didn't you ask? Uh, that's what she told me. So I, you just said okay. I said I'm going to um, relay take that your number down, and I'm going to talk to Matt Meany, and then I'm going to get back to you. All right, please do get back to them. Straighten it all out, and let's. Uh, Would treat- you like to talk to her if I call? Well, her let's back? just treat her nice, and let's just find out what the hell's going on. All right, there's a very vague, uh, you know, outline. We don't know. I, I, all right, just find out if you don't mind. Okay, yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, not too much to ask. Gee, you guys made it sound like we were being prank phone called, and now I find out that she, her son, was killed in a restaurant. That's horrible. And if she wants to speak out, I want to listen. But I also want to know who I'm talking to first. Okay, like first names, all that kind of stuff. Nothing fancy, nothing too deluxe. Um, Pete in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. Hello. Hey, Craig. Hi. I am so peeved about this commercial I saw this morning on Fox News. It's showing the insurrection on January 6th. Hey, wait a second. What do you mean it's the insurrection on January 6th? It wasn't an insurrection. Seriously. Well, I'm describing the commercial to you. All right. Well, wait. I just need to just tell you the matter of fact that, well, I assume we're on the same page because you know. I agree with you. All right. Very good. So what happened? It's showing all this violence on January 6th at the Capitol, and then it's showing snapshots of Donald Trump saying, we will pardon them. We will pardon them. But in that speech that Trump said, if they're guilty, they deserve to be locked up. I don't think he actually said that. Um, he said, we want them treated fairly. We want them treated fairly. We know that some are not being treated fairly. Hey, by the way, treated fairly for some will be if you if you punched a cop, you're going to have to pay a price. But too many people are being persecuted here. All right. Uh, who, who, too many, we know that. Uh, look, I'm not going to get on Fox News for running the commercial. If you watch closely enough, I, I don't. I have no idea who does the commercials over at Newsmax. I don't know. I don't watch the commercials. I'm too busy getting my own stuff together. I, you know, I mean, look, Democrats buy commercial airtime on on Fox and other networks. I'm not going to take it out on Channel Two if I see an, an ad for um, uh, who the hell's running for anything right now. It's not, a, it's not uh, Andrew Yang. Back when. I like that. You know what I mean, right? I I can't. You don't take it out on the TV station if you see a commercial and you don't like the product, do you? No, but the commercial needs to be denounced. Well, you're denouncing it right now. Yeah, but it's not. It's just between me, you, and and seven seventy broadcast. If you put it up on your show, well, I I I, I, yeah. Who 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 sponsored the commercial? Who's it coming from? The Democrats, right? The Democratic National Committee. Who who? Exactly. Who? The Democrats. No, I mean who? Well, who specifically? Specifically, who? Who? I can't. I don't have that. All right. Well, you got to go with it. What do you mean? I know that. You got the. D- don't you have a DVR? Can't you go back ten seconds and watch it again? Did you All think right, to do I, that? I, I will do just that. You know but, what people uh, do? People commercials. You, you be just as fast as I was. Well, I'm I'm a pretty mild mannered guy. I don't yell at the TV too much. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't get it. I mean, yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. All right. I mean, you're not really mad, are you? No, but it's it's just that you know they they clip these clips and then they they scrutinize it to make you think that this is the way things are, and it isn't. Well, uh, they do do that. You know who the most powerful person in media is? An editor, literally an editor. I'm not talking about one of those editors who sits behind a desk and says, mm, "Do that story, not that story. Mm, let's do this and not that." I'm talking about the guys who sit in the booth and cut the tape digitally and whatnot. 
and play in sound and images. Those guys are brilliant. It's an art. It's very interesting work. And then they they can create emotions. That is, and they can, can create realities, new realities, false realities. They can do anything in there. And they can also reveal the truth in very powerful ways. I am so impressed with sound editors, film editors, all those guys and girls. They are amazing people, incredibly talented and unfortunately, at times, incredibly dangerous. But uh, I'm not going to call DHS. Thank. Did you hear what I? By the way, DHS. Thank you, pal. Uh, DHS. Um, here's what they said about the election. Okay. Let's see here. They are treating people like you and me, people who have concerns about COVID. As COVID-19 restrictions continue to decrease nationwide, increased access to commercial and government facilities, and the rising number of mass gatherings could provide increased opportunities for individuals looking to commit acts of violence to do so, often with little or no warning. Okay, I guess so, sure. Didn't see any of these uh, such proclamations during Black Lives Matter summer, did you? Meanwhile, COVID-19 mitigation measures, particularly COVID-19 vaccine and mask mandates, have been used by domestic violence extremists to justify violence since 2020. Who? When? When? Huh? When is somebody who's been skeptical of the COVID-19 vaccine and mass mandates, which, by the way, is me, domestic violent extremists, see how they're lumping everybody together? to justify violence 2020 and could continue to inspire these extremists to target, you see, inspire these extremists to target government health care. Like us talking about it will inspire some nut job. So following their logic, we should get rid of libraries. You know, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald spent a lot of time reading. He did. He read about Whatever the hell he wanted to read about. He was a big reader. He read about socialism. He read about Marxism. He went to the Soviet Union. He came back. He read. He read. He read. Are we going to blame it on the library, what he did to John F. Kennedy? It's, it's just incredible. This is our country. Bulletin. National Terrorism Advisory System. How about this? Some domestic violent extremists have continued to advocate for violence in response to false or misleading narratives about unsubstantiated election fraud. The months preceding the upcoming 2022 midterm elections could provide additional opportunities for these extremists and other individuals to call for violence directed at Democratic institutions, political candidates, party offices. This is dangerous stuff. They are lumping all of us in with crazy people who, by the way, I don't think they even exist. Anybody who wages violence anywhere should be arrested. Yes, totally. But the idea, again, that we are raising these questions, and they use the word there, it could inspire. Inspire. They're trying to control our speech, and too many people are rolling over and letting it happen. That's a real thing. It's happening in real time. I urge you not to be afraid of cancel culture. Is it on the is it in the back of my mind? Sure. Yeah. But uh 
I uh, I think it's worth the risk. I think it's worth the risk. But the more you have, the more you have to lose, you know? Maria in Franklin Square, hello. Hi, Greg. How are you? Terrific. How are you? Come inside in Italian. Oh, this is the Italian. Yes, how are you? Good to see you. What's happening? You're the landlord. Listen, I want to just say I need to vent because I'm so mad. I'm so aggravated. What is it going on? What's it going to take for this administration to straighten up and do the right thing? You know, I don't know. I heard that the Biden administration gave, I believe, $32 million so the drug addicts can can have needles so they don't get sick. I mean, did you hear something like that? I absolutely did hear it. It is a new initiative. They're giving $30 million in grants to nonprofit organizations across the country. And according to a Department of Health and Human Services spokesperson, some of that money will be used for safe smoking equipment because smoking from a dirty crack pipe could uh, lead to a nasty infection. So, And by the way, they're going to prioritize underserved uh, communities. And the official definition of that is African-American, Latino, and indigenous populations, which, oh, by the way, are doing just fine when it comes to crack pipes. So we don't need any more of them there. I'm sorry to point that out, but it's true. Now they're trying to walk that back. Oh, no, 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 that's not uh, <laughs> that's not the case. We're giving them $30 million to spend money on on kits that will help keep people safe. Well, that is the latitude. In reality, that means buying people drug paraphernalia. That's what's happening. And um, it's insane. I used to think this stuff was just fodder for talk shows or whatever. No, it's real. It's real. It's happening. They are fundamentally altering this country, and they want us to shut up about it. Maria, thank you for your passion. Anything else on your mind? Yeah, listen, I just want to give you uh, a little uh, advice, advice criticism. What? I want to tell you the nicest thing. First of all, I want to tell you that I love you. I think you're All right, great. get to the criticism. What? Okay, I think this is what you should do. Oh, jeez. Every, every morning yeah. when you wake up, you should tell your wife, Buongiorno, principessa. Ti voglio bene. No, why the hell would I? It it sounds beautiful when you say it. I don't know how to say it. No, you I don't even know what it means. It means good morning, my princess. I love you. Why can't I just say it in English? Because in Italian, it sounds better. It does. It sounds much nicer. In Italian, it, it sounds much nicer. Remember that from Goodfellas? It means he's content to be a jerk. Remember that in Goodfellas? How do you say yeah. he? Yes. It does sound. Look, everything sounds nicer in languages other than English. I hate to say it. I love America, but uh, English is uh, not a very romantic language often. You know? This country, we need to straighten our country back to what it was. We got to get rid of these stupid people. Okay. See what I mean? When you speak Italian, it's beautiful. When you start talking about stupid people, I don't know. It doesn't sound as nice. Well, they're all ignorant. If you, they're a bunch of schmucks. Oh, I mean, right. listen, let's go back to the. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Let's go back to the Italian pillow talk. All right, please. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Just listen. If what? Valentine is coming, just tell her. Oh, I know. Buongiorno, principessa. Ti oh. voglio bene. Okay. You can say it 
it. It's a be- it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it is. Again, when you say it, uh, you remind me. Thank you very much, Maria. Thank you so much. Happy Val. When is Valentine's Day? It's the tenth. Let's see. Tomorrow's the eleventh. Saturday is the twelfth. Oh shoot! Wait, is it Monday or Sunday? When is it? Today is the damn it. I got to do that. Today's the tenth, right? Eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth. It's a Monday. Ay ay ay! You know what that means? There's going to be pressure to do stuff during the weekend, and we're all going to be huddled in there in those stupid. Re- Great restaurants with beautiful. <laughs> sorry, I love art sponsors. I love going out on Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, you can only lose on Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? You can't get my out ahead. You can only screw it up. You can go all out and do the right thing. It does not advance you in your relationship. You just did the right thing because it was Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? I don't know. But now I gosh. Do we still have Valentine's Day? Is that is that politically correct or is it is it okay? If they start attacking it, I'll be the biggest Valentine's Day guy in the world. What's the status of Valentine's Day? Nobody here knows. These guys are all single. They don't know or, or care. They still <laughs> I don't know what that symbol was, but it was uh, all right. Uh it's time. Oh shoot. I'll be right back. Talk radio. Um how's the uh How's that show working out with Curtis Sliwa and his boy, Anthony? Anybody hear it yet? I got to say, that one chapter didn't sound all that interesting. Uh, they went to Coney Island, and guess guess where they had lunch? Nathan's. And guess what they had? Hot dogs and French fries. Uh, what happens next? I know that show. Curtis is one of the greatest broadcasters. And, quite frankly, although you may not like to hear this, it's true, politicians I've ever seen. Um, he is awesome. By the way, stay tuned for what's next. I want to meet Anthony, his 17-year-old kid, who uh, probably sh- will be getting a paper out. Uh, by the way, Carrie Lake is running for governor of Arizona. She is a former anchor woman for the local Fox affiliate. She is awesome. She knows all the fake news tricks. You know, every time she's interviewed by the fake news, which is basically everybody, um, she records the interview. My dad did this, uh, actually, made a habit of doing it. Not every single time. 60 Minutes interviewed him a couple of times over the years. And uh, one story was pretty nice. Then the earlier story, they did this back in like 2001 or so, 2099. Ed Bradley interviewed him, and it was a big hit job about what was going on at the Customs Department, Customs uh, Force, where he was the commissioner at the time. And my dad arranged for the entire interview to be filmed. Like, you know, you film them filming you. It It's very smart because it lets them know that you have a record. And, you know, you... Of course, I talked about this a moment ago. Editors can do all kinds of things and change it around. And so Carrie Lake does the same thing. She records for herself. All, this is totally legal, by the way, and you should do it if the fake news ever comes knocking on your door. So 60 Minutes Australia comes by and they want to beat her up because she's a Republican and she's pro-Trump. I want to. Here's a little bit of what happened. Go ahead and play that, please. Pardon. Do you think they should be? I, I have no say in that. I'm running for governor. This isn't something a governor does. You're trying to twist what? this interview and trying to make Not me look bad. You're I, a Republican. I, what I, what he's, I the don't, Republi- he's the Republican leader. What I don't like is that people are being held 
in prison without being charged. That's un-American. Maybe they get away with that stuff in Australia. Australia. Perhaps in Australia, because you've given your rights away, you melted down all of your guns, and you guys have no freedom, that you find that okay. But here in America, we do things differently. We have something called the U.S. Constitution, and we have rights. And we don't take kindly, we don't take kindly on Americans being locked up for months on end without being charged. So charge them or get off the pot. So we'd be better off having more guns here. I mean, what? You'd yeah, be you would. Off. You absolutely would, sir. You absolutely would. I feel so sorry for the people in Australia. Have no power. The only thing keeping us from being Australia right now or Canada is our Second Amendment. And we will never, ever let that go. Mark my words. What we saw happening in Australia, where you have internment camps and people are being forced, if they've encountered anybody with COVID, to be locked into a quarantine camp, is the most horrifying thing I think I've ever seen a government do. It's frightening. And if, you, if you can't see that, I feel sorry for you. Wow. Good for her. So you heard what she said about the Second Amendment. Um, you know, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, there are people I used to look. I was in the Marine Corps and I was surrounded by, at the time, what I called gun nuts. All right. <laughs> I was like, look, I, we have all the guns we want. We're in the Marine Corps. Why are you guys, why do you have this hobby? I really wasn't impressed. I didn't, you know, I mean, I, I, I use guns at work. But some of these guys I was with, and I was friends with them, but they had guns and guns. I was roommates with a guy who made his own bullets. He was a little strange, actually. Um, but he, uh, they were really intent. Oh, he used to get very mad. Once I left a, I don't know, I left something on his special table where he made the bullets. He almost put one of those bullets in me. He was so mad. Anyway, um, but there may just be something to that. She's getting way, way, way ahead of the situation, but uh, an armed citizenry. The government must respect that, right? We have a beautiful constitution. I love it. I love our system. Even though things are going crazy right now, I think we're going to be okay long term. We have to be vigilant, but... uh, I no longer call people who are gun enthusiasts gun nuts, okay? I learned, I evolved, and I believe in the Second Amendment. And boy, oh boy, I'd love to vote for Kari Lake. Pretty amazing, huh? All right, there's the music again. Be right back. I am somewhat, somewhat curious about the new police commissioner how she got the job first of all you take the person who is not in charge of a suburban police department and make them in charge of the largest police department in the country that seems like a stretch uh eric um eric he wants to be the police commissioner he wants to be he wants to be everywhere he's having such a great time not realizing that you actually have to do things when you're finally the mayor. It's not all TV appearances and silly videos on TikTok and uh, sushi. No, you're supposed to work. So I don't think he's uh, absorbed that. That's not part of the deal. He's just a silly politician. Um, Silly and dumb. I will reserve judgment about the police commissioner. All I will judge is what I know. The commissioner's resume is not up to par. Not worthy, not sufficient. 
But uh, apparently she's a great speaker. Where has that ever let us down before, huh? Hmm? Someone who can talk's great, doesn't really do the job. Mm, I can come up with about 50,000 examples, but the first one is Obama. Yeah, he gave a hell of a speech, and it really did great things for him. <laughs> anyway, here's the uh, new police commissioner, Cut 48. Let's see what all the fuss is about. We will be laser-focused on violent crime with an emphasis on guns. I'll employ experience, decades of my own, the collective talent and input of the members of the NYPD and the invested members of the community. We'll arrest violent criminals, take guns off the street, and then build the cases to help keep them off. Um, okay, have at it. I <laughs> just, okay, I... Sh- Delivers it with this dramatic flair as if she's the one who invented all this stuff. <laughs> well, what else are you going to be laser focused on? Well, there are other things. Quality of life crimes. It's, it's, look, it sounded great, but so what? I actually, I think the first person she patted on the back was herself. Her experience, right? Isn't that what she said? Let me hear that one more time. Just the first part. We will be laser focused on violent crime with an emphasis on guns. Guns. I'll employ experience. Decades of my own. Oh, the collective. Thank you. Wow. Decades of her own. I told you how about the New York Times did this bizarre story about her. You know, they used to have this feature called the man in the news and somebody who makes it big in the news. You know, you find out who they are, man or woman. Who are they? Where do they come from? What's going on here? Three New York Times reporters did that such piece on her. I'm like, okay, I'm going to find out some things. Um, Didn't find out. The stuff that I was looking for, actually. Where did she go to college? Um, is she married? How and why did she join the Nassau County Police Department? None of that was included for some reason. Isn't that kind of odd? Isn't that kind of strange? Why are these things being left out? Is that, uh, I'm sorry, is that my white privilege talking? Is that the issue? Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. My, 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 my white privilege talking. All right, let me just go to the Department of Homeland Security to see if I can fix that. Department of Homeland Security.gov. Yes, there it is. Good. I'll get my Black History Month fix at DHS.gov. DHS.gov, the number two, the two of the top three priorities, Black History Month and climate change. You know who's not screwing around like this? The Chinese. No, they aren't. Hey, did you guys find that stuff from the CNN p- reporter who lost her mind? See what you can do. I really don't care who's running CNN. I don't think most of the country cares. If I ask you who's running Fox News, you probably watch more Fox than CNN. Who's running it? Do you know? Does it really matter? I mean, nobody really cares. It's a media story. But the media loves reporting on itself, so they went nuts with this one. And Jeff Zucker, Jeff Zucker this, Jeff Zucker, uh, you know, did he have a girlfriend, not have a girlfriend? When did he have a girlfriend? All this stuff. Uh, I don't care. But the anchors at that station really outed themselves as totally out of touch with the audience they, uh, they pretend they're informing. It's incredible. So audio tapes have leaked. Leaked. I don't know how much of a leak it was. I think everybody understood that the call was being recorded. All these Zoom things are being recorded. 
And uh, the new boss is a guy named Jason, and he's like, you know, okay, it's time to move on. We're going to focus on the future. Allison Camerata and other anchors, but I think she was the worst at this, comes on and says, excuse me, but this is a threat to our mental health. We don't know what happened to Jeff, and we don't know what's going to happen next. And a key tenet of of mental health is understanding, and I need to see more empathy from you. I'm like, what in the hell? And they're talking like this to the boss. Most people on television, especially in television news, have no idea, no sense of their place in the world, what it really is. They think they're somehow guardians of uh, democracy and uh, protect. Like they, they just see themselves in this weird, vaunted place. But they're just mostly a bunch of vain idiots who like being on TV. And for her to sit there... And I think I don't think she's ever been out of work. She was at Fox for a very long time. I noticed that when Roger Ailes went down, she went out of her way to kick him when he was down. He gave her all kinds of opportunity. And she said some nasty things about him. And even if they were true, weren't really all that. But... uh, and now she's over there saying, I, uh, my mental health is at risk because I don't know why my boss was fired. you, you got to be made of tougher stuff than that, all right, to roll in America these days. Your boss gets, just be glad that you're not fired. Although something tells me that could be coming. How about that, huh? Our mental health. And they're all doing the same thing. Jake Tapper, um, Don Lemon, who I actually... I've run into him a couple of, I, I, he's a very, he's a really nice guy, genuinely nice guy. I'm not saying, oh, he's a nice guy, so let me, let me say he's a nice guy so I can, you know, crap all over. No, I'm not saying it like that. I like him off air. And there was a time where he was a very skilled broadcaster. Then he got a bad case of Trump derangement syndrome. So anyway, these people are on air making a lot of money. The people they've been talking to, how many people, you know, lost their job during COVID have been totally, their lives turned upside down a million different ways. And they're complaining about their mental health because the boss was fired after nine years on the job. And by the way, this boss is probably worth about $100 million. So I don't get them. And something tells me you don't either. Um, All right, so we have that. I already told you about the St. Louis Karen. Very bad situation. Finally, with this Department of Homeland Security memo, where they're trying to tell people that concerns about the election, concerns about vaccine mandates and mask mandates could inspire extremists to target the government, which is not the... So what's the takeaway there? Stop talking about that? Because some maniac might, might do something with the information or twist the information? Why don't we just shut down libraries when we're at it, huh? Shut down the Internet. Control all the information that gets to them. So right now, Facebook, if I say something about the election that they don't like, that they don't agree with, will throttle me back, they call it. Now, a lot of people, especially in media, will go along with that because they don't want to be throttled back. Because they, quite frankly, they like, they like the exposure more than they like the ideas. They'll modify their ideas. They'll come up with a lame idea if it can get attention, as opposed to an interesting idea, a helpful idea, an idea of truth with force and thrust that will be 
censored. So they're basically obeying the censors. Big tech right now is bigger than the government in some ways. So how did I start this whole thing today? FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who actually lived just a few blocks from where I am right now, East 65th Street. FDR and his uh, wife, Eleanor, and I think he had two or three companions living with him at the same time, her too, lived on 65th Street, East 65th, between Park and Madison. And guess who lived down the block many years later? Donald Trump. And guess who also lived on East 65th Street? Richard Nixon. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that like one of those only in New York stories? Three presidents on one block in the Upper East Side. Who else lived in the Upper East Side? Obama on East 92nd Street between 1st and 2nd. Actually, I take that back. It was 94th Street between 1st and 2nd. You know who lived on 92nd between 1st and 2nd? Lee Harvey Oswald. We were talking about him before and his access to the libraries. Is that going to suddenly be problematic? I have to tell say something else. I've been ripping on the left-leaning media. Now it's my turn to uh, say some, some things about the right-leaning media. Fox News. Fox News, for the most part, they're in it for the money. They're in it for... The business, hey, everyone's got to make a buck. That's fine. Just don't pretend you care about the folks, okay? Don't pretend it's about ideas. Now, right now, if you work at Fox News and you write a book, the only place you can talk about that book, unless you're like the prime guy, a guy I like a lot, Tucker Carlson, but everybody else, and they're very talented people there, they write books. They can't go anywhere else to talk about it other than Fox News. So if I invite them on the Newsmax show, which I've done, they can come. So I think that's unfair to you, to me a little bit, but mostly to the audience. Hey, get this. Not everybody likes Fox. You're selling a book. You want to go on as many platforms as possible. So they limit them to just Fox. But guess what? When a liberal writes a book... They're the toast of the town. They can go anywhere to sell that silly book. Jonathan Carl is a great example. He's a White House correspondent for ABC News. Uh, I saw him on the Colbert Show. I see him on the Today Show. I see him on the GMA Show. I see him on this. I see him on that. Everywhere. Same for Katie Turr. You bash Trump? Oh, step right up. You work for NBC? Doesn't matter. Here you are on CBS. Here you are on ABC. Here you are on CNN. They they promote and protect each other. Conservatives, at least the Fox News side of the house, does not. Be right back. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing how they can't let go of Donald Trump. The first two headlines in the New York Times right now. Investigators find gaps in White House logs of Trump's January 6th phone calls. Number two, the National Archives found possible classified material in files that Donald Trump took from the White House as he left office. This is this is an attempt at impeachment number. What is it? Four, three, something like that. Um, there's it's just a fantastic, unbelievable story. Oh, he was trying to shove documents down the toilet. They're going to say anything they can or have to to stop him all over again. We've seen it before. We haven't seen the end of it. It will continue. 
uh, I swear, I think these people would rather burn down the country than let him be president again. Uh, literally. That's what, that's how much they're opposed. Um, that's really, I guess they hate Trump more than they love America. I can't tell if that's profound or corny or stupid, but I came up with it. They hate Trump more than they love America. Meanwhile, up in Canada, oh, Canada, glorious and free. We love those guys. We love those truckers doing their thing. We have any, uh, we have any of those truck, are they still blowing their horns up there? I know that they had to cool it for a while. Here we go. Cut 23 on the multi-sheet. B-block, 23. it off (laughs) that would be it that would get annoying if it were constant but it's not constant by the way i've been having the truckers on my show on newsmax quite a bit and the first thing they would do it once an hour kind of like a church but now they're threatened with arrests they're threatened with fines they're threatened with all kinds of stuff hey it's wild uh who cares prince charles has coronavirus don't care anybody watching the olympics don't care um, I just don't. Hey, the Amelia Earhart mystery has been solved. How the pilot's long-lost aviator helmet came to spend the better part of a century in a closet somewhere in Minnesota. All right, I'm sorry. Who cares? <laughs> I just... This is something I do care about, though. In Florida, they have this great idea to make it a law that kids between the ages of... um. Six and 18, basically first grade through high school graduation, should not be talking about gender identity in class. Whether you feel like a boy, whether you feel like a girl, who cares? Everybody's going, everyone's mixed up in that time frame. I don't need some teacher with an agenda sitting down my kid and saying, you feel like a boy for a moment? Let's talk more about that. Maybe you should transition. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. Shut the hell up and, you know, I want to say study history, but that's a quagmire right there, right? What history? What version of history? The 1619 Project? White Fragility? You know, there's this book that liberals love to talk about. It's called White Fragility. And I'm sorry, but you know who's really tough and also fragile at the same time? A lot of this stuff is on purpose. They're targeting white women. White women are great. Black women are great. Everybody's great. But some are particularly sensitive to the idea of being called a racist. Oh my gosh, that's the worst thing you could call somebody. I agree. But when everything is racist, when ice cream is racist, and yes, they say ice cream is racist, then nothing is racist. Then it becomes a joke. Then you've overdone it. But white women are very, very sensitive. Hey, did you look out during the riots across the country, across the world, Black Lives Matter riots and protests? Most of them were white women. College, college, young, 20-somethings. Pretty wild, pretty weird. And in my neighborhood, some group of, eh, never mind, too long a story and not much of a payoff. Ah, real quick, they just... Every Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock, they go out there, about 50 of them, and stand with Black Lives Matter signs. 
they just stand around and they're holding them. And they come to this black neighborhood primarily and hold up these signs. I uh, I feel like making fun of them, but I don't. All right? When I'm walking, I don't. When I'm in my car, sometimes it's a little bit different because I can make a clean getaway. Uh, I just find it kind of absurd. I do. And you feel the same way. All right, your calls when I come back. The Greg Kelly Show. Okay, uh, time for... Lisa in Westchester. Hi. Hi. Oh, hi. How are you? Fine. I was, um, I was, I just want to correct you on two things. There's you want a what? You want, you want a what? Correct you on two things. Wait a second. There's whoa, no such whoa, thing whoa. As white privilege. Hey, 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 Lisa. I never said there was white privilege. All right? No, I, but you said that you were inserting it. There is no such thing as white privilege. No, no, I'm going to tell uh, you why. I mean, Here look. In America. Uh, all right. I just want you to know I'm not a white privilege advocate. People talk about it. It's uh, There's a rationale. There's a theory. I don't buy any of it. I dismiss it. So anyway, go ahead. No, but I'm saying here in America, you cannot. There is no such thing as white privilege. And I'm a black person saying this because if you say anything against a, there is like a foreign privilege. The foreigner can say anything about America, about white people, about anything that is American, and it's okay. But if you're an American that says anything about a foreigner, you're considered a racist, you're considered horrible, you're considered an asshole, which is all bullshit. And then second, I want hey, to Lisa, comment about... Hey, Lisa, I'm good with it, but you got to leave out the bad words, if you don't mind. You are on the radio. We're bleeping out, oh. all right? Just, oh. Yeah, all right. So hold on. Sorry you got a bleep, 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 bleep. All right. All right. Continue. And the second thing is that, and you said that the underserved communities, those are overserved communities. Like if you look at the social economic. Yeah, yeah, Lisa, hold on a second. Project- Lisa, wait, just so you know. All right. Sometimes I'm quoting things and like underserved communities. I was using the federal government's official definition of definition for underserved communities, which cites black Latino and indigenous and even LGBTQ, although LGBTQ generally don't all live in the same place. I I just need you to understand that. All right. You, 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 you say you're correcting me. I am referring to what they say, how they say it. And you're right, though. Overserved indeed. You know, LBJ started this, the Great Society, throwing all kinds of money at black people in America. And most of that money has helped has helped destroy the family. Wouldn't you agree? I do. I do agree about that. And I just hate not saying that it's you saying it, but I always correct people. I'm like, no, those communities are overserved. There's just so much corruption with the money being filtered down that those people never get it. But there's a lot of money going there. Tell me what you do. Too much money. Tell me what you do. Where do you live? What's going on in your life? What do you do? I live in, oh, I'm a flight attendant. No kidding. Uh, all right. So, look, don't say the airline so we can really talk about it. Uh, what is it like? Are the passengers, uh, I mean, we see those videos of the passengers going nuts. Uh, what's it like? No, actually, they're not. On my flights, they're not like that. I have not had an incident like that. I hope I don't, you know, jerk myself over, but they're not like that. Now, is it true that the pilots, they make the pilots stay at a different hotel than the flight attendants because... You know, the temptation would be there for you guys to socialize off-duty. No, that is not true. We do socialize off-duty and on-duty. That's good. We all stay at the same hotel. You all stay at the same hotel? 
Now, somebody – all right, so I, 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 let me put it to you this way. I know that you don't fly for United Airlines because I know that they split them up. Correct? I don't fly for United. Yeah. Correct. So, uh, anyway, you like the job? It comes. You, you fly free, right? I mean, I've done it for 25 years, so, yeah, I do like the job. Uh, do you? What's the best part? You know what? I like people. I genuinely do like people. I like service. I, I am a serving person. So I do like that. I do like to hear people's stories. I like to learn about their cultures. I like to travel and just learn about people and where they come from, what makes us different, but what makes us all the same. I do genuinely love that. You're awesome, Lisa. I love your spirit. You know, I have marveled. It's a tough job being a flight attendant, and you got to make everybody their own little drink, tomato juice, Diet Coke. And I know you love the passengers, but I've seen it myself. They're not very um, – they're not the most grateful group. I, I, I don't hear many please and thank yous when it comes to getting served by flight attendants. Have you noticed that, or am I wrong? You know what? No, you're you're right. But you know what? With passengers, I don't know, maybe it's just me when I talk to them, but I've had passengers be really rude, then turn around and say, you know what? I'm so sorry for that. You're so nice. I didn't. I should not have treated you like that or said that to you. And then, you know, I, like I really have had really – horrible, ugly people turn into beautiful souls in front of my eyes. And I'm like, well, what just happened? Wow. Lisa, I love it. I love. I hope I get you on one of my flights. All right, I'm just going to guess. <laughs> Are you on JetBlue? No, I'm oh, not going to tell you the airline I'm on. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. And JetBlue, it wouldn't be JetBlue because you've been flying for 25 years and they're a brand new airline. Well, Lisa, yeah. do me a favor. Please call back. You're the best. I appreciate it so much. All right. Have a good one. Take Bye. care now. And, uh, right, I mean... That's awesome. She loves what she does, and it shows. What was that? What airline had that that motto? We love to fly, and it shows. Somebody did. Anyway, Tom is on the phone in Rockaway Beach. Hi. Yes, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So I'd like to speak about conservatism in general. It's white. It's male. What I'm about to say is probably metaphorical, but um, I doubt that American patriotism will help you in your afterlife. Now, I'm saying that as a metaphor. I descend from slavery. My mother's family was here for 300 years. And I will say, you know, I'm not so well-versed about it, but when I was eight years old, they took me to Charleston to see the hanging tree. It was traumatic. Um, but what I, I guess I've learned, I didn't read this anywhere, but well, I, Tom, I'm I'm losing you a little bit. Just I, I say say it again. Take it from the top, but be just be direct. What is it you want to say? Can you hear me? Okay, I hear you loud and clear. Go. What is okay. it? Okay, I believe that this conservative movement. It's white. It's male. It's so not it's always. Not... Wait. Whoa. 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 Are you crazy? I mean, look around. My cons- my, my my conservative idol. Quite frankly. Um, is Dr. Ben Carson. He, he, he's just amazing. I mean, he is he's more conservative than Trump. Uh, there's Sheriff Clark. There's Candace Owens. Men, women of color. I mean, yeah, if you really want to do this, I guess you could say, but, I mean, there are just some superstars. But what difference does it make, all right? What difference does it make if it's white or male or black or white? What difference? Who cares? 
make a philosophical point, if I might. Can well, you hear me? Uh, good luck with that. I don't know if this is the format, but make your philosophical point in 10 seconds. All right. I highly suspect that American patriotism will help anybody in their afterlife. Hey, you know what's going to help you in your afterlife? The Bible, God, Jesus. That's what I recommend. Patriotism, uh, you know, Jesus talked about that. We're supposed to be obedient to civil authorities uh, to a point, and uh, you got to give to Caesar what's Caesar's, right? But, Tom, uh, listen, uh, you got to maybe put this in a research paper or uh, go to the new school, um, but I appreciate you calling. I got one more to do. Let's see here. Gino in Hackensack. Yes. Hello, Greg, brother American Marine. I hope you're sitting down. I have three big bombshells. You ready? Easy there, Gino. All right, calm down. Uh, let's this take one. G.I. Gino Jack back in Hackensack. Uh, Here's the cute. deal. All right. One, uh, I am boycotting the I'm boycotting the uh, Super Bowl because Snoop and I uh, thought you Ray... said this was a bombshell. I already we all know about Snoop. All right, I'm getting to Number it. Two. another bombshell. Bob Saget started his career. Filming child pornography. Stop it, Gino. I don't believe that, Gino. Goodbye. I don't believe you. I don't believe any of that. Sean in uh, Staten Island. Yes, Sean. How you doing, Greg? Yeah, I just uh, this is completely out of left field. Um, In your experience, I believe you said you flew Harriers. Have you ever in in the theater came into contact with the enemy? Like been lit up on radar? Um, Just I mean tidbits like that. Like have you ever really felt the juice? Felt the juice. Sean, I'd love to tell you everything that happened, but it's classified. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me tell you like this. Um, I flew over Iraq in 1998 patrolling the no-fly zone. Uh, fortunately, nobody shot at me, and I didn't have to shoot at anybody. But the most intense combat I ever saw was as a embedded correspondent during the invasion of Iraq in 2003. Then I felt the juice... And the juice felt me, if that's uh, if I can put it that way. I got that was uh, that was that was uh, that was pretty intense. I even took a a small wound to the face, but um, yeah. So, uh, but flying a jet is a is a big challenge. Whether or not you're up against a MIG, or you know, you're you could be. We train like we fight, so the training was pretty intense. Yo. You know, you're you're over enemy territory, regardless if they're fight, you know, firing on you or not. You, like it could happen. You know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you could crash. So I was I flew over Iraq when it was considered hostile territory. Yes, and technically, I think in my logbook that's documented as a combat mission. But um, you know, the most interesting flying I ever did was in peacetime, although it was really really intense. I mean, landing on aircraft carriers at night, uh, in flight refueling at night that was uh, tricky sometimes. Crazy formation flying that we did in flight school, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, planes, we lose pilots in peacetime as well as in wartime. Probably more in peacetime than wartime because we're so good when it get, when it comes to war. Anything else, John? I appreciate the question. That's it. Just be well. God Thanks, bless. buddy. Thanks, buddy. All the best. It's time. I shall be right back. Chris Wallace, upset at CNN, uncertain about his future. Oh, Chris. What happened to Chris? He's not enjoying his new job at CNN? What happened? Just remember, he's the guy who blew up the debate in an effort to hurt Trump. 
He's overtaken it. He's, he's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why was he given tens son. of millions right. of dollars? But he wasn't given right. tens of millions of dollars. Totally, that is totally discredited. We've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial so subjects. Well, you know, as the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, know, a judgment call here. Three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the Let's mayor talk about, of Moscow. Let's talk about not true. It's a Gentlemen, that report is totally Why discredited. I, I, I Mitt think, Romney on that committee said it wasn't worth taxpayers' gen- money, that report. It was written for political y- reasons. You know, I'd like to talk about climate change. So would I. Okay. Okay, and they did. And the whole question about Hunter Biden, Joe, corruption off the table because Chris Wallace and the swamp did everything they could to protect him. You saw it right there. That's how it went down. And that was it. If I ran Fox News, I would have fired Chris Wallace the moment he got off the set. Goodbye, Chris. Our audience will never forgive you for that. And they didn't. But. Since it appears that Fox does not have much regard for their audience, they they kept him around until, you know, I think I'll go to CNN. And he did. And I've got this from Breitbart. Former Fox News anchor Chris Wallace is reportedly irate over the ouster of CNN President Jeff Zucker and now feels uncertain about his future at the network. Speaking with Radar Online, a TV insider said Wallace has been Second-guessing his decision to leave Fox News for the upcoming CNN Plus streaming platform in the wake of Zucker's resignation for his undisclosed affair with his subordinate, Allison Gallist. Chris is the type of person who makes it known if he doesn't like something. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. We call that a bitch. Excuse me. Uh, He went over there for Zucker, and now Zucker is gone. Wallace feels that he has been stiffed. He's got no staff, no executive producer, and the guy he gave up a prize gig for has just walked out the door. Prior to joining CNN Plus, Wallace reportedly had concerns about working with anchor, famed anchor, Jake Tapper. What's so famous about Jake Tapper? He's always scowling, mean-looking guy, fake news person. CNN, so he didn't even work with these people, but he hated them all. It's no secret in D.C. that Wallace hates Jake Tapper and despises some guy named Sam Feist. Why? What 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 beef does he have with them? I don't know. Anyway, he's not enjoying himself, and I find that oh so sad, don't you? All right. Tonight I'll play some uh, interesting clips. Let's see. Uh, what else can I do? Hey, well, we already talked about the Oscars. I have no idea. Those movies, none. Adele is a woman, good for her. I think a little bit, it's being, a little too much is being made of that. Don't you think? All right. Sorry you guys have been on hold for a long time. Joe in Brooklyn, yes. Hello, Greg. Hello, Greg. How are you today? Fine, thanks. Listen, as far as, as far as uh, these canceling stuff, uh, I was, I drove a truck. I was a blue collar guy. Nobody from my generation, I'm 63, nobody from the guys I played ball with, guys I worked with, the guys I golfed with, black, white, Hispanic, they could never run for office because they've said uh, just in our conversations, uh, we must be the worst racists that ever lived. But we, did, we all got along. Now, now you can't say a word and everybody's at each other's throat. And the reason why... Uh, Whoopi Goldberg can get a pass and, and other people can get a pass is 
they don't suffer from the curse of being white. You don't even have to say honky. All you have to do is say white, and it it just it just it's like it's like the the new N word. It's the W word. You mean right? Well, yeah. Look, there's all kinds of double standards out there. I don't want anybody canceled for the stuff they say. I don't think what's her name Whoopi should be kicked off that show, even though it's a stupid show. I don't care if the whole show gets canceled. Actually, let's cancel the whole show. Hey, Joe. Uh, so you don't think you could ever hold office because of the stuff you said? No, I, I, forget about it. What are you kidding me? I, I, if if I had a dollar every time I used a, a ethnic or racial slur. <laughs> Uh, I'd be a millionaire. And I never used one to hurt somebody's feelings. It just came out that way. What can I tell you? If you're a dirty bastard, you're a dirty whatever bastard. Whether you're black, white, Irish, Italian. <laughs> All right, you know Joe. I mean? I mean, yeah, but, you know, look, it's, uh, yeah, but I, I think it's good that we don't talk that way anymore, to be honest. You disagree? I, I didn't hear you because I, I was said yawning Joe. and I have tinnitus. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Joe, thanks for the call. Uh, interesting stuff. Uh, Tom in New Jersey, yes. Hey, Greg, you're on fire as usual. Great show. I, I, I talked to you a couple of uh, months ago about the Waukesha slaughter with the car and the grandmothers oh, and yeah, the kids. Oh, yeah, sure. And uh, we don't hear anything about that guy anymore uh, because – and this goes back to New York to me – there is so much random violence on the streets. And, yes, it happens in the subways, and these things are awful tragedies. But to me, I, I, I think people in those communities where the kids are going wild, uh, there was the director of police under de Blasio that pulled the plainclothes guys off the street, and then they had the huddle after Eric Adams, uh, 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 Hold on a second. Just yeah, tie in the thing with uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, which you're right, is not being talked about, uh, obviously, because the suspect is black and the victims are white. It was obviously a crime motivated by racial hate. Yet. Uh, so that's one of the that's the primary reason right there why they're not talking about it. It's uncomfortable. It's against the narrative. Remember, white supremacists, they're the risk. They're the they're the bad guys. That's what we got to keep talking about. That's why we're not hearing about that. Capiche? Well, I, I, I capiche. Um, but in New York, I'm worried about it, Greg, because it's going on. And uh, I, I like the steps that Adams has taken. What steps? But, Wait a second. What steps? What well, steps? He, don't, he's talking don't, about the bail reform. He's talking about the bail reform. Hey, hey, you can talk about that until you're blue in the face, all right? He ain't, he, he's not a state senator anymore, all right? Everybody's been complaining about the bail reform law. All right. So he's mayor and he's complaining about something. He's got 50,000 guys under him and he doesn't have a clue about how to use them. Bringing back the anti-crime unit. You know what he said? He wants to make sure you can identify them as cops. He's going to make the undercover cops wear uniforms so they're no longer undercover. This guy doesn't have a clue. Don't be fooled by the fake news. You know, just don't anybody can say anything. Now it's due time. Now it's put up time. And he can't. He just doesn't have it. I mean, unless I'm missing something. You tell me. What's the big thing that he did that you're impressed by? Well, here's what I here's what I think that he's trying to put some pressure on uh Albany. Not good enough. To... Not good enough, Tom. I'm sorry. No more no more rhetoric. 
no more uh, making a statement. It's time to do things. Where's that police commissioner? All right. Who's that? What's her name again? Keychant Sewell. Play that again for me. Here she is. Applying pressure on the criminals, I guess. Sounds great, be- but what? What does it mean? We will be laser focused on violent crime with an emphasis on guns. I'll employ experience, decades of my own, the collective talent and input of the members of the NYPD and the invested members of the community. We'll arrest violent criminals, take guns off the street, and then build the cases to help keep them off. Wow. Just words, man. Enough of the words from Adams. He's got to get to work, and he's not a hard worker. That's another problem. Sorry, folks, I got to go. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax, 7 o'clock.